You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to another playoff edition of the Bill Eve podcast here on the Buffalo Rumblings family of podcasts. This is, of course, the Bill Eve podcast, and I am John Boccasino being joined, as always, by my ginger colleague and co-host, Jamie D'Amico. Not to define you by your gingerness, but let's be honest, Jamie, it's one of your more redeeming qualities out of many. Good to have oh you Oh my back gosh. Home, you know what? It's it's 100% true. Today, for the first time ever, I, I decided I was going to I- embrace the color gray. And this is what happened for the first time ever. I tried on a light gray shirt. Oh my God, John, I have never looked so pale in my life. Like <laughs> I've only met one person who is not did not have a medical condition that had lighter skin than me. And oh no. Th- yeah, this is like a little bit of a tangent, but I felt like I lost part of my identity in that moment. Like I had a hard time. I'm like, no, I'm the whitest person around. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I put on this shirt and I almost screamed. I'm like, ah, it's a ghost. Yeah, I, I'll just stick with my jewel tones. Thank you. Please do, buddy, because, again, you can channel those good vibes of Andy Dalton uh, and all the other great gingers that have played a role in uh, the Buffalo Bills uh, you know, playoff quest. Because There's Jamie, not a lot of them. No, there are not. <laughs> and we could use all the luck, all the juju. I'm actually so, yeah, let's dive right into this because we have very little time to waste on Billy, the Bills dispatched of the pesky Pittsburgh Steelers 31 to 17 in the wild card round to advance into the divisional round for the second straight year at home. Um, it's the fourth straight year overall. The Bills have been in the divisional round, and their opponent in three of those four have been the dang Kansas City Chiefs, and that's exactly <laughs> who is coming to town Sunday evening, 6 30 p.m. a birth a spot in the AFC championship game is on the line. And I'm just going to dive right in Jamie. And this is going to be a source of therapy, hopefully, uh, and a little bit of, you know, football X's and O's, but how are you feeling on the eve of this huge matchup? The first time that Patrick Mahomes will have a true road game in his playoff career. So I, I know that this is going to be so true to character with me and my general pessimism when it comes to football, but I'm not feeling good, dude. I'm really not feeling good. And the reason is the injuries. If the Bills had not had the number of injuries they've had over the past two weeks, I would feel great. The Bills and Sean McDermott uh, revealed yesterday 
that this is being Friday, of course, that the Bills had ruled out four players for Sunday's clash. The biggest of the names, of course, cornerback Christian Benford, who's really come into his own. He's got that ailing knee injury. Safety Taylor Rapp has a calf injury. Wide receiver Gabe Davis still can't give it a go on that bulky knee. And linebacker Balin Spector with the back injury have been ruled out for the game. Obviously, Jamie, you want to be as healthy as you can be heading into any playoff matchup, but especially one against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. The Benford one really stings because, I don't know, there's one that could sting even more if Terrell Bernard is not able to go. But the negativity, Jamie, I get it because, you know, these are four key contributors. But I want to take the opposite side of it for one moment here. On the How podcast. like you. Right. I mean, <laughs> like, it's not changing our stripes. Are, are we not falling into our typical roles at the moment? <laughs> oh, God, yeah. And there's no and there's listen, I want to give the audience full transparency. We didn't talk about any of this before we hit record. This is all raw and authentic. And I'll tell you this, Jamie, before you go giving us your negative negativity, which you have every right to, because these are four big players that are missing. I'm going to hang on the positive. The fact that the bills have still got a real solid chance that Rasul Douglas is going to play that Terrell Dodson's going to play Taron Johnson for all intents and purposes should be cleared from the concussion protocol today and hoping for a miracle that Terrell turnover Bernard is able to be in the lineup. I think the fact that only those four names were listed as officially being out is good news as far as the injury report goes, because it, I don't know, it could have been a lot worse in my opinion. Yeah. Well, I, I am with you that that is fortunate news uh, at this point. What you don't want is to lose your most important players in pass coverage. So who would they be? Well, Rasul Douglas clearly is one of the most important. Um, uh, Terrell Bernard has been doing wonderful things in coverage. Now, he is a very difficult loss if, in fact, he can't go. Now, they showed some videotape from practice yesterday of him walking around on the practice field. To me, he had a limp. He, he did not look 100%. Who knows how far that is? But with ankle injuries, it's not always that it hurts, and that's the problem. The issue becomes the loss of strength and your loss of flexibility. What that is going to hurt you in is the change of direction and explosiveness, which obviously is something you need when you're in pass coverage. Okay. The other one that I'm really looking at right now is Taron Johnson. Taron Johnson is the engine that makes this Buffalo Bills defense go. Taron Johnson is, and I've said this before, but I will say it absolutely unequivocally right now. Taron Johnson is the most important player on the Buffalo Bills defense He's a second-team All-Pro for a reason, and the reason he is the most important is because he is a small cornerback who's good in coverage that plays the run like a linebacker. It's absolutely unbelievable what he's able to do against the opposing team's run game, and you cannot replicate that with anyone else on the team right now. That's the one. Those two right there. Johnson yeah, no, and Bernard. That's a really good breakdown. Um, with and I, but I think I feel like Jamie that Taron Johnson is going to play in this game. I mean, that's my opinion. I mean, he looked good 
in practice from what they showed us from some of the practice video. Um, and, and the fact that like he is, he's the straw that stirs the drink to use the old Reggie Jackson expression of the Yankees, <laughs> yeah. you know, back in the seventies to date ourselves a little bit, but this chiefs team relies so heavily on both Travis Kelsey over the middle. The bills need to have Taron Johnson out there on the field on Sunday. There's a reason that Taron earned all pro honors and deservedly so for how great he was this year. My prediction is Taron is going to find a way to play out there. The progress has been great throughout the week. He's got one more step, apparently, according to the beat reporters, to pass through before he's cleared out of the concussion protocol. I expect to see him cleared and playing on Sunday night. Terrell Bernard is the one that I'm a little more skeptical about, but I thought it was really good news that it looked like Bernard was, I mean, he was hobbling a little bit and you know, he's not going to be at hundred percent, but with that ankle injury, this is the same ankle injury he suffered, but he also played through if memory serves me right um, in the chargers game. So at this point of the season, if you've got a chance to go to the AFC championship game, shoot him up with every possible painkiller <laughs> that you can get his ass out there. Bernard is going to be out there. He's a gamer. He's a trooper. And I'm telling you the fact that he's had to, I, I can't take credit for what I'm going to say right now, other than I saw it on X from a very reliable bills Twitter source. I'm trying to find, I believe it was banged up bills had a mm -hmm. really comprehensive post about Terrell Bernard. Here, I've got it right here. I'm going to read this to you uh, on the fly, but about Terrell Bernard good and work. why this should be good for him to go out there. So it's an ankle sprain. It's not a fracture. It's something he dealt with before, and it's the same ankle he injured in week 16 against the Chargers, like I did say earlier. This is actually going to make it, but it, was, it made it more susceptible to getting re-injured, but it mm -hmm. also cuts down on the recovery time that it'll take for Bernard to get back out there. And again, full credit to bang, banged up bills for this post here. They did a great thorough analysis and there is a slight limp, but it's nowhere near what it could have or should have been for the severity of this injury. I honestly think based on the video we've seen based on the analysis that banged up bills provided from a medical perspective, I think he's going to play on Sunday night. And to give you a great example too, I'll give again, more banged up bills credit. There's only one player in the last 19 instances who either did not practice and was questionable or doubtful heading into a game who actually did suit up to play. The one was Vernon Butler in the AFC championship game in 2020. So with the stake, I know the odds are long, but with the stakes out there, with what's at line for the Bills team, and with just how much Bernard means to this team, they're going to shoot him up. They're going to find a way to get him out there. And even if he is limited, which he most likely will be, I'd rather him be out there 75% than be without him for the game on Sunday. Okay, and see, that is what I brought up before, which is you're not worried about pain with these guys because we know the miracles of modern medicine will take care of the pain aspect. It's the explosiveness, the change of direction, which is the biggest part of his game. If you reduce that, are you reducing his effectiveness? At what point 
does the coaching staff look at him and say, okay, here's the line in the sand. If he's above this line or if he's past this line, great. He's out there. If he's behind this line, we need to sit him down on the bench. That's a tough thing for the team to do in real time without looking at it uh, on, on the film. So, yeah, it's. I, I hope he's ready to go. And here's the other thing. These guys, especially on this team, it, with, with the amount that these Bills players love each other, they don't want to let each other down. And you can tell that there's a, a lot of camaraderie and jocularity on the sidelines. They're going to do anything they can to get themselves on the field for such an important game. So I, I hope that whatever gets them in the game has them at a point where they are performing well enough that they can run with this vaunted Chiefs offense. And I think, Jamie, one of the keys to being able to run with that vaunted Chiefs offense, I'm going to go to another NFL analyst who provided some great credibility as to what Sean McDermott has been doing play call wise, what he has done with this defense. I got to say, it's one of the most impressive jobs I have seen all year long Yeah, where, and it's, it's a guy who's polarizing, but Eric Wood backs him. So I'll give him some good credibility here on the podcast. Dan Orlovsky, one of the few rational voices at ESPN (laughs) did a phenomenal job of showing how Buffalo shows one look, but then actually plays out of a different formation on defense. They might have a one safety look where it seems like only Jordan Poyer is dropping back, but then they'll end up having another linebacker drop into coverage, or they will shift Micah Hyde back, or they'll turn one of their nickel corners loose and drop them back in coverage. And I know Mahomes is a veteran. He's seen all of this before, Mm -hmm. but these are new wrinkles and adjustments that McDermott is bringing. And in other words, what I'm saying is if the bills are limited by Bernard, not being a hundred percent, I have full confidence that McDermott will find a way over this last six, seven game stretch with what he's shown us. He's going to game plan differently and try to take. And by the way, this Chiefs offense is is still dangerous because they Mm -hmm. have Patrick Mahomes, but they're nowhere near as potent as they were the last two times these teams met up in the playoffs. That's true. Absolutely true. And for as maligned as Sean McDermott was, This has been a masterful coaching job he's done over the past six games. He has gotten so much out of this team. Like this guy is an amazing defensive coordinator. Let's just call a spade a spade here. And he's kept their heads in the game. Like everything could have fallen apart after week 12. And it didn't. He was able to keep everybody's head in the game. Meanwhile, I mean, he was the one that people were coming after at the time. He kept his own head in the game. You know, Jim Kelly used to say something that when you're a leader, when you're a team leader, who's there for you? And that's one of the toughest parts about being a leader. Well, Sean McDermott is the leader. So who's he able to lean on emotionally? Does Sean McDermott have emotions? (laughs) Or does he just... Does does he? Well, I I think he he seems like the type that just claps his way through his emotions. But anyway, (laughs) uh, I... I think you got to give credit where it's due there. And you're right. This Chiefs offense is not what it was previously. However, these teams are very evenly matched. They both have flaws, but they're both very good teams. 
and all you have to look at is how close that previous game was to see that this game is going to be another even matchup. But hey, like Ric Flair says, to be the man, you got to beat the man. man. And I want to say, Jamie, with, with regards to how evenly matched these teams are, a lot of Chiefs fans are feeling themselves because... Isaiah Pacheco uh, is going to be in the lineup for this game on Sunday night. He missed Mm -hmm. the matchup in Arrowhead when the Bills came back and won 20 to 17. We saw Clyde Edwards Alaire, and Pacheco is a phenomenal talent. He's definitely going to test Buffalo's defense, especially if the linebackers are again a little depleted. Although I like having Dodson back for sure, he's a strength. Uh, in the run game, I'm thoroughly enjoying, even though I don't want to bank on it for the rest of the postseason, but I'm enjoying the temporary lift that AJ Klein has provided. Uh, I, I love the headline out there I saw on Twitter, by the way. It was, uh, the year is 2086. The Bills have won four straight Super Bowl championships. The coach makes a call. AJ Klein comes out of retirement and joined the Bills practice squad. I mean, this guy is like a coach. Yep. He just will not die um, in a good way, because the Bills obviously needed his presence, you know, last week. But what I wanted to get to with the Pacheco comparison is, yes, he's a weapon that's a difference maker for Kansas City. And mm-hmm. that's definitely something different, a new wrinkle that the Bills will have to deal with compared to their previous matchup. But you know who else wasn't out on the field in that matchup in Arrowhead? Who? Daquan Jones. Mm. And Daquan Jones is having himself slowly but surely getting back into form each game back returning from that pec injury he's looking more and more like his old self this game jamie to me as much as you want to say there's question marks in the linebacking core which there definitely are there's questions in the secondary which i think the bills can overcome as long as taron johnson plays the bills can overcome uh christian benford not being out there if tj's not out there then you can ignore this comment i just made about secondary but i feel pretty good that tj will be out there well you know dane jackson is not a great talent but he's a solid tackler and a guy with a lot of experience christian benford is clearly the better of the cornerbacks which is why he's been the starter and i far prefer that benford be out there but i have faith that dane jackson can hold up for a game i do too i think dane jackson given the stakes i mean and especially with rasul douglas I'm I'm yeah. going to manifest it out there with Douglas playing Sunday night. Dane Jackson is going to be a nice complimentary piece. If he's the number one corner, then the Bills are going to be in a bit of trouble against Rasheed Rice, Marquez Valdez, Stan- Scanling, and Kadarius Toney. But my Pacheco piece with Daquan Jones being back out there, this the onus for me for this Buffalo Bills banged up defense, this has to be the game that the front Four that I'm talking about Ed Oliver yep. and Greg Rousseau and AJ Epinesa and Von Miller. Those guys need to eat on Sunday night. They need to make Mahomes uncomfortable. And you're going to have the crowd losing their dang collective minds, booing and yelling and causing as much disruptions as they can. But to me, this Bill's defensive line has paid a boatload of money. They need to show us what they've got on Sunday. And that's where I think Mm -hmm. the bills can have, I mean, the chiefs have a good offensive line. Their right side is a little more susceptible than the left. The left is very good. And Creed Humphrey is outstanding as their center, 
but the right side of the line can be had. And that's where I really want to see the bills generate this pressure on Sunday night. Uh, Creed Humphrey. Could have been. The Bills, the Bills should have had Creed Humphrey. Instead, they wanted Boogie Basham. Wasn't that uh, just a good move? Jamie, it's too early to make me want to drink. <laughs> um, but yes, I, I I agree with you. And one thing I've noticed about Patrick Mahomes, and everybody is everybody has seen this. Patrick Mahomes, the way he moves in the pocket is fantastic. But it's interesting because he never looks like he's running hard. It's like he flutters, and the next thing you know, he's 15 yards downfield, and there was, like, nobody around. Like, like, why did the defense just part for him like this? So one of the things that they're going to have to do, in, in addition to getting that pass rush, you want to keep him in the pocket because he can hurt you with his legs. I think on passing downs, you also need to have a spy on him. Because we've seen way too many big runs from Patrick Mahomes. And at times, he hurts you with his legs when the coverage is really good downfield. But the defensive line can't keep him hemmed into the pocket. But here's the thing. You don't want to just keep him in the pocket and give him time to throw. So, like, what do you do with that? Well, you got to have a spy running around out there, not letting him get past the line of scrimmage. And you know, Jamie, if the Bills, this is not who I thought I'd be talking about at the halfway point of the Bill Leaf podcast. But if it turns out that Terrell Bernard is not able to go on Sunday, the guy I think who should see a lot more snaps and you'd be taking a risk because he's raw, mm. but I trust his instincts more than I do some of the other options. Dorian Williams could just be that spy if the bills really need him to, because I'm telling you, oh. we maligned him quite a bit when the season started and rightfully so for being raw, for not reading the plays. Well, in small samples, he has gotten much more adept at reading the field at being in the right position. That athleticism is what the bills need from that spy. I could see Dorian Williams being that kind of X factor. If Bernard cannot go. You know, him as a spy might just work. Now, it's actually interesting, and I, I wanted to mention this to you. Uh, Dorian Williams went from a starter to the last linebacker off the bench behind A.J. Klein. If you noticed that when Dodson got hurt, it was Balin Specter that came in to take his place. And then when Balin Specter got hurt, it was A.J. Klein. And Dorian Williams, still nowhere to be found. And then finally, with the injury to Bernard, then Dorian Williams came in off the bench. The coaching staff doesn't trust him, obviously. They know how athletic and how gifted he is when it comes to the physical end of things. I don't think they trust him to be in the right place at the right time. But if you've got one assignment, hey, follow Patrick Mahomes. Well, now I think you got something there. Exactly. Put the guys in a position to play to their strengths. And yeah, that's definitely, I mean, he's, he's so much more athletic than AJ Klein. Klein oh, God, has yeah. the institutional knowledge. Um, Klein's a really good run stuffer and he knows McDermott's schemes forwards and backwards. That's why they called him out off of the couch and felt comfortable bringing him into the point where he made 11 tackles on uh, the game against the Steelers. But, but 
he's a big that, liability in the pass coverage. Yeah, if, if if they were if they were playing any team other than Pittsburgh, I'm not sure that would have worked because Pittsburgh can't really throw the ball these days. Mason Rudolph doesn't scare anybody. No way. Against a running team, that worked. Against a team that is pass first, ooh, I don't think I want to see him out there. AJ Klein v. Travis Kelsey uh, in a hypothetical is an absolute nightmare. Although I feel like the Bills would have more Jordan Poyer uh, come up uh, in his coverage to try to take on if and, and Taron Johnson obviously too is very good at covering that perspective of the linebacker crossing over the middle. But it's just food for thought that the Bills might have to turn to Dorian Williams uh, in their worst case scenarios. Which of course that would not be great if Bernard you know cannot go on Sunday night. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts. We are here on the Billy Eve podcast giving you our thoughts Bills, Chiefs, third playoff matchup in the last four years. We all know how the first two went. This is the first time that the Bills Mafia will get a chance to actually cheer their team on at home against Kansas City since 2014, which is just mind-boggling. Because remember, the matchup in 2020 was COVID, and no fans were allowed in the stands. And I I love Deion Dawkins. I'll – I love him for so many reasons. If you haven't seen the video of him with Kay Adams on her show where his finger is basically being held on with duct tape and a couple of stitches. And he's like, (laughs) I would give this finger to the football gods or maybe the football pit for the Mm. bills to win and for Josh Allen to have a great game. You know, it's a great watch. It's highly entertaining. But Deion Dawkins said it's up to Bill's mafia to show up to show out and be loud. And he goes, when I'm driving to the stadium, I can tell if it's going to be a good game for us or not by how drunk the Bills fans are that he passes. So (laughs) Bills fans, do your job on Sunday, and let's hope the team follows suit.
Kay Adams. She was like, ah, stop showing me that. <laughs> it's um, so great. <laughs> I, just, just a little side comment. Kay Adams is so fine. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so fine. And she knows her football too, which. Oh, she's great. She's, yeah. she's tremendous. I'm surprised the, uh, the NFL network let her walk away. Yeah. That was a big loss for them for sure. Um, Jamie, I know you're kind of up against a, a deadline where you got to run. So let's let's spend the final 10 minutes talking about the offense, which we've kind of glossed over for Buffalo. But, you know, I've, I, I want to talk about this narrative that I've heard um, being discussed by people who claim to know football. And that is Josh Allen's going to be the reason the Bills win or Josh Allen is going to be the reason the Bills lose on Sunday night. Give me your quick take on that. 100% correct. Josh Allen is, when we get good Josh Allen, the Bills are unstoppable. When Josh Allen's decision-making or his throws are off the mark, the Bills struggle more. The Bills have definitely shown that they have a more complimentary running game than they've had ever in the past. But at the same time, they don't win typically on the legs of of James Cook, who, by the way, is one of the worst in the league for yards after contact. Uh, we, we've definitely seen in short yardage situations recently that the bills are struggling a little bit more. So, you know, the running game, while it's there and it's better than it's been in years past, you can't rely on it the way you have to rely on your star QB. That's Josh Allen. Now, Josh can beat you with his legs, but it's all about his decision-making and his accuracy. If those two things are on point, the Bills are not a team that can be stopped. I think, and you're right, Jamie. And the reason I bring that point up is I, you know, there, there was a story that was out there about who, you know, who needs to step up, who else besides Josh Allen has to have a huge game. And I go, wait a minute, the Bills can't, the Bills don't win this game if Josh Allen doesn't deliver a huge two passing touchdown, one rushing touchdown, efficient performance yep. and limit the turnovers. And I feel like a lot of the credit for when Josh Allen is playing elite has to go to Buffalo's offensive line. The yep. offensive line has far exceeded expectations this year. Osiris Torrance has had a couple bumps in the road recently, but he is still playing above his head and above his level. Uh, Spencer Brown has been phenomenal. Deion Dawkins is a beast. Connor McGovern has been phenomenal. Connor, yep. The O-line is going to give Josh confidence, but they're facing a really good pass rush led by the one and only Chris Jones. This is where Buffalo's offensive line needs to earn their bread. The offensive and defensive trenches are where this game is going to be won, in my opinion, on Sunday. And the Bills need to find a way. This is going to be the 13th straight game where rookie guard Osiris Torrance has played a phenomenally stout defensive tackle and Chris mm -hmm. Jones is this week's opponent. How in the world can the Bills contain their really talented all pro DT and Chris Jones? The only good news, by the way, is Derek Nandi, who is the very talented nose tackle for Kansas City. He is out for the game on Sunday. So one less weapon 
for the D-line, but what do the Bills need to do against Chris Jones? You know, great question. And as you mentioned, Osiris Torrance having a bump in the road recently. Uh, I'd seen some film that somebody was talking about him, and they had said, it's clear he has hit the rookie wall. He's probably never played in more than 10 games in a season, and now here he is with, you know, 30 40% more than he's ever handled all at once. So, yeah, you expect it to happen to a lot of these guys. Here's what you have to do. You have to get him help, Mitch Morris, or you have to get a running back to help because the worst thing you can do is have a guard beaten off the line and give that interior defender a free run at the quarterback. That's how you blow up plays by blowing up the pocket. And here's what I think you're going to see a little bit of. I think you are going to see a bit more Latavius Murray than what we've seen in the past because although it seems like James Cook is running well, I had mentioned he's one of the worst in the league at yards after contact, and it didn't turn into that until the past month of the season. He has had more carries this year than he had in his college career combined. He may be wearing down a little bit. So Latavius Murray's fresh. And also, you know I'm a big Ty Johnson fan who I thought was going to have a bigger role last week. Get those guys in the game. Let them smash Chris Jones in the face. (laughs) (laughs) And then get out into a pass pattern. That's what I think you got to do. And I want to give a lot of credit to Latavius Murray because, yeah, the the Bills would have had a big gain without Murray's play last week against the Steelers. But Murray single-handedly, in my opinion, opened up the running lanes that freed Josh Allen for that dynamic 52-yard touchdown run Mm -hmm. by picking up the blitzing Miles Jack on that key sequence that really broke open the game for the Buffalo Bills. I think Latavius Murray is so underrated. The coaching staff loves his run blocking out there. He is definitely someone to keep your eye on on Sunday night. Obviously, the Bills need to be balanced. I want to see more James Cook uh, as a pass catcher. Maybe not. He might not be the primary running back that you see with the productivity because he has been stymied a little bit of late when it comes to his rushing efforts, but he's still a game changer out of the backfield. And you know that with Steve Spagnolo dialing up those complex blitzing schemes, I think the biggest key for me, Jamie, with Josh Allen to stay in his element and not play like sugar hyped, sugar high Josh Allen is when the blitz comes, make the hot read quick and dump it off to Dalton Kincaid or find James Cook or find Stefan Diggs. One of those quick read options and not just throw the ball away. Those quick passes are going to be there against the blitz. Yes, they they are going to be there. The other thing is this Chiefs defensive backs are extremely physical in man coverage. So the Bills are going to have to generate their receivers getting open in man. Now, who do I have faith in getting open in man coverage? Right now is Diggs and Dalton Kincaid. The others, I'm I'm not so sure about. Um, we we. <laughs> Khalil Shakir has shown well recently, but at the same time, he's not terribly physical. Sherfield is a strong guy, but not as reliable of a target. 
you definitely don't want Deontay Hardy to be a guy that the defenders can get their hands on because he's just physically not that large, although he is quick. So you're going to have to manufacture ways of getting these guys open. You got to get them in motion. You got to have stacked formations. And that's that's going to be the key to getting people open downfield quickly. The physicality of Legeris Sneed, Jalen Watson, and Trent McDuffie, who again is a really solid blitzer off the nickel corner position, is going to test this Buffalo offense and the patience of Josh Allen and those quick reads. But I want to say, Jamie, as much, and I agree with you on who the Bills can trust in that physical winning one-on-one matchups. I don't want to sell Khalil Shakir short because honestly, the kid who is humble and refuses to take credit for any of his big plays has really been breaking into his own of late. That Houdini act touchdown catch and run against the Steelers is in the running for play of the year, in my opinion, with how Mm -hmm. unexpected and clutch the play was. But to me, as we need to get Diggs going, Diggs needs to have himself a game and he can, I mean, he definitely has the experience of going up against these chiefs corners, but the X factor for me is Dalton Kincaid. He is the one over his last three games. He has 14 catches for 230 yards. He's catching almost everything thrown his way. I wonder if one of the ways that Sean McDermott counters the physicality of the chiefs corners and Steve Spagnolo's expertise on defense is to trot out more of Knox and Kincaid on the field at the same time. I really like that. And I'm also curious about having multiple running backs on the field. What if you have James Cook and Latavius Murray out there with the two tight ends? That would be something that the Bills really haven't gone to very often, but I'm thinking of that from a pass formation type of thing. You start with the running backs in the backfield, you motion James Cook out to a wide out position, then you move Kincaid away from the line of scrimmage. He Now suddenly you have, basically you've put yourself into three wide outs, one tight end, one running back, the 11 personnel that we've talked about in the past, and I'm I'm wondering exactly what would happen with the Chiefs because you got to think that if the Bills have that many big bodies behind the line of scrimmage to begin the play, the Chiefs are going to counter with fewer defensive backs. I wonder what that would do. I think that would open up quite a bit of options for the Bills. Um, the downfield taking a shot or two, and that's the thing, Jamie. Like I mentioned earlier, with what McDermott's done on defense with new wrinkles and new looks with teams know each other so well. I think that can play to your advantage. If you show them a different look, if you show them a different wrinkle, and that's why coming back to that 11, 11 and a half, 12 personnel, whatever you want to call it with Kincaid and Knox on the field at the same time. And I love having Murray and cook out there, not all the time, but enough to make the chiefs hesitate enough to make them pause with what their plan is going to be. Jamie, It's. I hope this has helped a little bit to give you some reason for optimism because I know you were a little bit down, and I'll be honest too, I am nervous AF for this game on Sunday night. We're going to keep it family-friendly and not drop the F-bomb, but I there's palpitations, my friends. So I've done my part in being a therapist and giving you my optimism. Lead us into our segment of how the game is going to play out score-wise on Sunday. I 
actually have come a long way. I went into this thinking that the Bills are going to lose by 13, and now I've got the Bills winning 31-30. Ooh, okay. 31-30, is it a last-second field goal? Do the Bills get physical atonement for that game result that shall not be mentioned? The Bills drive and score a TD. Ooh. Close out the game. even better. How with the field goal attempts, <laughs> yeah, especially that. with uh, Sam Martin's hamstring hurting and the uncertainty around who's going to hold uh, for Tyler Bass. So Jamie at the Jamie D'Amico has the Bills winning 31 to 30. I've been waffling back and forth on this one, but I'm not going to stray from my gut. Bills win 27, 24. They cover the spread and they advance into the AFC championship game next weekend against the Houston Texans at Highmark Stadium. Ooh, upset special. I love it, Bacasino. It's purely from a selfish standpoint, man. I want another home game after tomorrow. It was so electric for the Steelers game. The crowd is going to be raucous. Bills Mafia, get involved with our podcast on social media. Jamie is at the Jamie D'Amico, and I am at John Bacasino. Best of luck to all of our Bills fans keeping their heart rates in check over the next 48 hours. Let's hope we have another positive game and a Bills win to talk about next weekend on the episode of the Bill Eve podcast. Go Bills!